Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. The Just Because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required. Welcome. Here we go. It's uh, Matt Connerton unleashed. <clears throat> trying to trying to recover. Sorry, I um, I opened up with uh, "Bad Attitude" by Meatloaf, and I uh, actually first time today. I guess it caught up with me. I kind of was tearing up a little bit. <clears throat> I'm all right. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we have someone here who will make me uh, smile and laugh. I'm sure I'll introduce him in a moment. But uh, uh, welcome, everybody. Uh, today is, uh, well, it's Matt Connerton Unleashed, and we are live from the studios of WMNH 95.3 FM in glorious downtown Manchester, New Hampshire. And, of course, uh, we're on Comcast 97 if you're in Manchester. And hello to all of our online listeners across the nation and around the globe. Uh, you can go to my website, mattconnerton.com, for all of your live streaming options, social media links, contact info, show archives, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, today is a Friday, January 21, 2022, and uh, I am not alone. If you're going to play in Texas, you got to have a fiddle in the band. That lead guitar is hot, but not for a Louisiana man. So rosin up that both faded love, and let's all dance. If you're gonna play in Texas, you gotta have a fiddle in the band. Yeehaw, Texas Mike is with us. Yeehaw. How are you, Texas Mike? Doing good. Um, uh, a fellow Texan of yours uh, just passed away. Meatloaf was also from Texas. Yeah, and... We watched Meatloaf today, and we watched um, Louis Anderson, the comedian. Yes. Uh, award-winning. Uh, he won an Emmy. I forget what uh, a show that he was on, but um, yeah, yeah. So uh, tough, uh, tough day. Lost a, lost a couple folks. Uh, Meatloaf, age 74, and uh, Louis Anderson, age 68. Uh, Louis Anderson apparently uh, uh, 
passing away from cancer and and meatloaf i i guess early reports are it was was uh covid so but he had you know he had a lot of um underlying health issues uh and he was 74 so um well we'll talk a little bit more about uh i don't i mean i you know louis anderson i certainly thought was funny and whatnot but i i was never you know big fan but uh but i was a very big fan of meatloaf growing up so we'll we'll talk a little bit about that uh in a moment and we'll get in some other things as well and we've got eric pilcher's classic film review today we'll uh we'll do that today as well it's uh so we have, we have a busy friday planned uh, but uh i do want to remind you of course that we are proudly sponsored by the hop knot in the uh, brady sullivan right across the street at 1000 elm street they've got the delicious gourmet pretzels they have craft beer they have wine uh, they have trivia night every Thursday night. Uh, so if you happen to be someone who participated in that last evening, hope you did well. Of course, uh, Friday nights, they have live music there. They've got another Gender Blender event coming up on February 5th. Those are uh, very popular events. So they've got a lot going on there. Uh, this is what they posted earlier today on social media. What do you get when you take a kielbasa and wrap it in a, fl- in a freshly made pretzel? A knot dog. Not K N O T. You get a Texas Mike? Yes, I do. A not dog. Yes. Uh, if you, it's very punny. You have to admit, if you have not tried one, it does look delicious in this picture. If you have not tried one of our not dogs, here is a sign to come down and try one tonight. Every Friday we have live music, and I think this is a uh, typo. It says Hoppy Hour. Oh no, it's of the Hop Knot. I was thinking of Hopwood. Like, what did they dedicate this to Hopwood? Happy Hour, their version of Happy Hour, uh, from 5 to 7 on Fridays. Yes, yes, yes. And um, so they've got a lot going on there. And we are so honored and proud to have them as a sponsor. Uh, If you would like to join us today in the uh, discussion, 603-250-6007 is the number to call. 603-250-6007. You can also text me at 617-917-4476. Tweet me at Matt Connerton or send an email to Matt at MattConnerton.com. And, of course, you can interact and opine in the Facebook live chat. But the best thing to do so that we can hear and enjoy your dulcet tones is to give us a call live on the air at 603-250-6007. Coming up uh, today at the top of the hour, we will have Eric Pilcher's classic film review. And this week, Eric has done Apocalypse Now and, uh, you know, I was listening to it ahead of time, and, and these keep getting better and better. Eric does great work, and it's uh, become a very popular segment on the show. So we always look forward to this. Uh, you might recall a couple of weeks ago on Friday, Eric reviewed Hearts of Darkness. I forget the full uh, title, but it's um, Hearts of Darkness is a documentary about the making of Apocalypse Now and what Coppola went through making it. And uh, I, I want to see the documentary as well. But this week, uh, Eric uh, reviews the actual film. He did take last week off because he's had COVID, but uh, he is on the mend doing better. Um, let's uh, say hello to everybody in the Facebook live chat. Uh, looks like uh, Fridays are usually pretty busy in there. Uh, Eric Pilcher is in the chat room. Uh, from uh, Eric is from Cedar Rapids, Iowa, by the way. Eric says, what up, gangsters? Uh, I think that's uh, directed at you, uh, Texas Mike. What up, gangsta? Hey, Eric. Maybe instead of Texas Mike, we'll have to start calling you gangsta Mike. Would you like that? I'm all set with Texas Mike. Gotcha. Understood. Uh, Melanie La Liberty from the great state of Vermont joins us and says, good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, Jenny is in the chat and says, shalom, peeps. Uh, Easy G, Eric Gagnon, our retired 
entertainment reporter says it's Brock Lesnar Friday. Yeehaw. It's Brock Lesnar Friday. Is this a federal holiday? Did the president uh, sign this? You nope. Know, what is he talking about, Texas Mike? No idea. All right. But apparently it is. So you didn't know it was Brock Lesnar Friday? I did not. Or as Paul Heyman would say, Brock Lesnar. Yeah. That actually hurts my throat to say it the way Paul Heyman does it. Uh, Eric Street joins us in the chat. We have lots of Eric's. We have three different. Can you believe this, Texas Mike? In the in our Facebook live chat right now, we have three different Eric's with three different spellings. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Eric Street says it's a freezer outside. Yes, it's a little chilly. We are having a cold winter. We are having a relatively dry winter, and that we haven't had much snow, but it is cold. Uh, Easy G says yes. January weather. Jacek. If I'm saying that correctly, J-A-C-E-K, which is a cool name. Uh, Jacek Bobrick in the chat says, uh, 07, just don't confuse it with an agent. Hello. Oh, is that what it is where you are, uh, Jacek? Is it seven degrees? Uh, <laughs> uh, Easy G says, nice jacket, Texas Mike. Oh, Eric likes your, uh, Eric Gagnon likes your jacket. You're yep. at NHDI, New Hampshire Technical oh, Institute. I, I, I think he's talking about my Patriots one on the, on the oh, back. Oh, you had a Patriots jacket on earlier. Yeah. That's right. Yes, because the NHTI uh, item of clothing you're wearing is more of a hoodie. Yes. Yes. Uh, let's see. Although that's nice, too, of course. I see you're in the chat room as well there. Yep. Uh, let's see. DJ Midas is in the chat room. Midas says, hey, guys, happy Friday. Good to see you in there, Midas, because that reminds me. This coming weekend, Saturday night, of course, you can hear Midas's show here at WMNH, Late Night Delight, every Saturday night from 12 midnight to 4 a.m. with a replay on Sunday. This weekend is the five-year anniversary of Late Night Delight here at WMNH. Did you know that, Texas Mike? Yes, I did. And it's coming up on your fifth, right? Or are you past your five? No, my five is coming up in April. Nice. April 4 will be my five-year anniversary here at WMNH. Yes, yes. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Rob, a bunch of us came on at the same time because I believe Rob Azevedo, uh, host of Grand Estate of Mind, who's uh, coming up tonight at 6 p.m., right after this show, I think he either just had or is about to have his fifth anniversary as well. Yeah. And the morning show, the morning show was the first live show here. That's that's over six years now, right, that Peter oh, White's been oh, on? I, oh, I think it'll be coming up on six. Coming up on six. Yes, yes. So it's wonderful to see how things grow and evolve here. Uh, at WMNH. I see Gonzo is in the chat room. Uh, Mike Gonzalez, or Gonzales, as he want, once heard him say it. He says, good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, he's on Baby Watch, I believe, this weekend. They're about to, uh, Gonzo and his wife are about to have their second child. Yes. Can you believe it? Yes. Um, so just want to make sure we don't miss anybody in here. Uh, do. Melanie says, uh, oh, Okay, that's uh, some t uh, talk about the impending child. Oh, Eric Pilcher says, if anyone would like to view Hearts of Darkness, it can be rented on Prime Video for $3.99. That is the only streaming option I'm aware of. Oh, okay, good to know. Good to know. Um, so uh, I think we're, we're, we're caught up in there. So hello to everybody in the Facebook live chat. Uh, if you want to call us today, 603-250-6007, 603-250-6007. Um, yeah, so I was sad, uh, about the, uh, the uh, passing of meatloaf. He was, um, a big part of, I mean, he was one of my favorites growing up when I was a kid. Um, 
my mom is the one who first got me into him. You know, she would play Bad Out of Hell. But then I have an earlier memory of uh, my... Mm, <laughs> I know my dad listens to the show. I don't know if... But uh, I, I don't think he'll mind if I say this. Maybe at one time he would have, but I, I think enough time has passed. It's been several decades. Um, when, I was a, when I was a child... Uh, my parents split up when I was really young, and uh, I I remember my father uh, playing the um, he had the forty five the forty five vinyl single of Two Out of Three Ain't Bad by Meatloaf, and he would play that quite a bit when my parents I guess that was their their breakup song at least on my dad's side anyway. But when I really became a fan was so because my parents split up and my mother moved back to Illinois, where she was from originally. She grew up in Chicago, so. Per the custody agreement, I would, uh, my dad got primary custody, but then I would spend the summers in Illinois with my mom. And uh, my mother would play a lot of Bad Out of Hell, the, the full album. So I got into Meatloaf. But then I became such a fan. You know, a lot of people, they love Bad Out of Hell, the original, and then the comeback album, Bad Out of Hell 2, Back into Hell, which came out in 93, I believe, 93 or 94. I think it was 93. Um, but, uh, a lot of people missed out on all the albums that came out in between, and there were a whole bunch of them, and they're really good. There is a lot of great, like that song we opened with, Bad Attitude, that's from the uh, Meatloaf album also called Bad Out Attitude, uh, which I love. It's it's great, and uh, I love that song. And um, he actually sings that with Roger Daltrey of The Who. Daltrey has some vocals on that too, but, uh, you know. And I, I thought too, kind of a of any Meatloaf song, that might be appropriate for this program. It would be that one, you know, the lyrics, uh, you know, in the chorus, you know, the, um, every hero was, you know, it talks about people in the news and he says, every hero was once every villain was once just a boy with a bad attitude. But yeah, I listened to that a million times. Oh, Scott Robinson in the chat room. Hi, Scott. Scott says it was 92, 92 that, uh, bad out of hell two came out. Oh, very good. That's the same year as revenge. My favorite kiss album, by the way, so Meatloaf, um, the guitar player on the song that I opened with, Bad Out of Hell, for that entire album, the lead guitar player is a guy, was, a, was a guy named Bob Kulick who just died within the last year, I think, with, within the last year. Time goes so quickly as you get older. And um, Bob Kulick uh, also did some session work with Kiss, and Bob Kulick's younger brother, Bruce Kulick, was in Kiss, for uh, for eleven years or was it twelve years? Twelve years and and actually was my favorite Kiss guitarist of all time, but um, but Bruce Kulick actually played with Meatloaf before his older brother Bob did. So on the uh, when Meatloaf, I don't think he's on the record, but when Meatloaf toured, when they did the Bad Out of Hell tour, Bruce Kulick was in the band at that point. So there you go. So that's how uh, Kiss and uh, Meatloaf are. Uh, inter interconnected, um, but uh, yeah. So I was uh, I was such a big fan. It's funny. I, I was talking with a friend once, and he made a joke that I, I liked. <laughs> I was telling him, "Yeah, I, uh, I'm such a big Meatloaf fan. I I actually bought his non Bad Out of Hell albums." And my friend said, "Well, wow, you're the only one. He probably knows you. Like if you met, ever meet him and you tell him that, he'll probably know who you are. Um, <laughs> probably knows your name." But, uh, yeah, and I don't know why that happened, why those other albums didn't sell, but uh, but they didn't. You know, I mean, he always did okay, I guess. I mean, I'm sure they sold some, and I, I, I kind of got the impression that 
even when his popularity was on the wane here in the United States, that he was still big in Europe. But uh, but I don't know. But but anyway, uh, so I was uh, sad to see that. Um, I don't know if this is true, but I, again, I think the report from TMZ was that it may have been uh, COVID. Um, I would not be surprised and not to, you know, I almost hate to, to bring this in, into the discussion, but I'll acknowledge it. I, I would not be surprised if uh, Meatloaf uh, was unvaccinated because, even though he certainly should have been because obviously with his health issues, but, um, you know, he was, um, and again, I, I say this with love because I, I did love his music, but he was a little bit, he was a little bit wacky. And um, I would not be at all surprised if he was uh, a bit of a conspiracy theorist, I don't know that for a fact, and I don't really know anything about his politics. But uh, but if you ever saw him on Celebrity Apprentice, <laughs> um, yeah, Meatloaf, he was a little out there. And I, I had heard him say some pretty crazy things over the years in interviews that made me think, eh, he sounds like uh, he, he believes in some things that uh, aren't real and Probably doesn't believe in some things that are. We'll put it that way. But um, no. But uh, uh, it's a it's a sad day. And like I said, I got I got teared up listening to uh, Bad Attitude. So I'm gonna play. A, I'll probably play another Meatloaf song at the end of the show today as well. But uh, there you go. But oh, but you know what's a weird thing? So yesterday on the show, such a bizarre coincidence. Yesterday on the show, we did that bit where, you know, I pretended that we were having trouble and then we were actually hacked into with Dirk Don's uh, video um, about a certain individual. And then I also played, to kind of prolong the bit, I played the beginning, the spoken word part of Meatloaf's uh, song, You Took the Words Right Out of My Mouth. There's a spoken word part at the beginning, and I played that yesterday as well just as part of that other bit i didn't play the whole song but it was really weird to do that uh on the show yesterday and then wake up this morning to the news that meatloaf was dead that was very very strange but um anyway let's see got uh more activity here in the facebook live chat or oh, our friend jackson harris also from down south joins us Jackson says, hey, Matt, making a radio show for my radio station on WPBRDB radio on Life 365. Oh, it must be Live 365. Yep, I'm familiar with that service. Excellent. Excellent. Good to hear. Uh, Midas, uh, Midas says, altered just enough to avoid getting sued. I'm not sure what he's referring to. Um, what Gonjo's kid's name is going to be is so much similar to... Somebody else in the chat room, so... Oh, oh. Oh, I gotcha. If you catch my drift. I do, yes. Understood, understood. All right, very good. Well, uh, 603-250-6007 is the number to call us today. 603-250-6007. By the way, Texas Mike, I have to ask, any uh, anything new uh, in the uh, the arena of love, if I may call it that? Nothing yet. Nothing yet? Just still... Uh, Still seeing the two ladies? Yep. Okay. All right. Just everything's just uh, kind of static with yep. that. Not uh, not making any big moves, big decisions. Not yet. All right. Mm, very good. Very good. Um, and did you get out of the doghouse with? Uh, I know one of them. Uh, 
I'm like halfway out. Halfway out of the doghouse. Gotcha. All right. Well, very good. Very good. Um, something I wanted to do, and, you know, we we got into it a, a bit yesterday, but I haven't had a chance to really dive in. So uh, the other day on the show, um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm getting a communique, uh, and it is about uh, programming here at WMNH. So there's not going to be, okay. Gotcha. Uh Rob Azevedo has uh, messaged me, and he will not be in this evening. So tonight's Granite State of Mind will be a replay. So, which means we'll be going right up to 6 p.m. So very good. I appreciate Rob letting me know that. Um, so tonight's uh, Granite State of Mind is a replay, and the uh, Retro Spectrum Radio tonight will also be a replay. Paul has a, a family situation he's dealing with, so um that will be an episode i'm not sure which episode it is i just know it's from september and i only know that because i heard peter say it yeah. so but uh but if you're a fan of the program and i hope that you are make sure you tune in uh so this is from factcheck.org and uh it's a uh, fact checking biden's press conference so on wednesday we spent some time on the show uh just tuning in to biden's press conference it was only the second press conference of his presidency and the first one of 2022. And uh, he went uh, twice as long as I expected. You know, my plan was I figured he'll probably do about an hour. That's roughly what his first press conference was of his presidency. And I thought, you know, and then, um, and, you know, we had uh, Mike Sutterth coming in for his Tweakonomics segment in the second hour. So I figured, well, you know, we'll, we'll uh, carry the first hour of the press conference live, but then he, you know, kept going, kept going, ended up being about two hours. But um, I took some notes, and I um, and also I, you know, there were a lot of great comments in the Facebook live chat uh, happening while Biden was uh, was doing his press conference. But uh, I had some thoughts. But uh, something that I like doing is, uh, you know, I, I love these fact checking websites like factcheck.org, politifact.com. There's others um, that are really good, and you know, I'm very much about accountability. I like, uh, you know, I like holding these people accountable for everything that they say, uh, everything that they present in terms of information. Uh, it doesn't matter political party, doesn't matter if I supported them or not, if I voted for them or not. Um, but, you know, I had some thoughts on the press conference. I have not, by the way, full disclosure, I have not had a chance to go back and watch what I missed. So um, I just have not had time. I do want to do that at some point, but I know that you know, there were some things that had to be cleaned up, for example, regarding Ukraine uh, <laughs> and, and some of Biden's uh, comments there. Um, but, uh, you know, so we've discussed it a little bit and we discussed it a little bit yesterday, but I want to uh, do a little bit of a deeper dive. But then I thought, well, I'll use the factcheck.org article because I like to do, to do the fact checking, or at least I like to convey the fact checking that someone else has done. I did not do the research. Someone else did, which is very convenient for me. But... But it also will help to kind of jog my memory of things that uh, were in the press conference that I wanted to comment on. Uh, so this is fact-checking Biden's press conference. This is from factcheck.org. Um, it says here, in a nearly two-hour press conference, President Biden stretched the facts and left out important context on vaccinations, funding for lead pipe removal, child poverty, and more. 
So here are the bullet points. So I want to go through these, and then I'll I'll have my own uh, commentary. And, of course, Texas Mike, if you want to chime in on anything, uh, feel free. Uh, first one, Biden exaggerated his administration's progress against COVID-19, saying that the U.S. is, quote, adding about 9 million more vaccinations each week, unquote. God, I wish that was true. Uh, that number has been around 7 million to 8 million doses, uh, and more than half of them are booster doses. So a little misleading, uh, kind of a, a little bit of puffery on the number there. Uh, I mean, he did use the word about. <laughs> I mean, it's great. Don't get me wrong. It's great that we're we're vaccinating people. If you're a regular listener, you know I'm very pro-vax. But, uh, but we're not doing quite as well with that as we could be. And last I knew, we were still only a 62% of the population in the United States fully vaccinated. Next one. Biden claimed that, quote, thanks to the bipartisan infrastructure bill, workers will be removing lead pipes so that every American can turn on a faucet and drink clean water, unquote. But the new law does not include nearly enough funding to remove all lead pipes in the country. Okay. Well, he didn't say anything uh, incorrect there. I mean, uh, that is part of it, but, uh, you know. Good luck uh, removing all the lead pipes in the United States, <laughs> but but that is an important goal. We should do that. We should be able to have clean water. Uh, next one. The president had a point that the, quote, bottom 40% of wage earners got a raise, unquote, even when accounting for inflation, which he did not mention. But overall, inflation-adjusted wages have declined while he has been in office. I now let me stop on that for a moment because this is where I think hmm I've I've given this a lot of thought. This has been on my mind a lot. I think that when talking about the economy, this administration is horrendous on messaging. Um now I you might have thought I was going to say something else, but I think on messaging they're very they're, they do a very poor job. By the way, hello to uh, Mike Pelapita who joins us in the chat. Mike of course from Another one of our great sponsors here at WMNH Queen City Cabinetry in the historic Sunbeam Mall. Um, the economy, uh, in a broad sense, and I, I know listeners and other folks who appear on the show and people in the chat room will, will I'll, I'll get pushback on this, but this is what I believe to be true, uh, according to uh, what economists say, <laughs> you know, across the uh, spectrum of different economic theories, that Overall, the economy is doing very well, and the economy has proven to have a certain elasticity to it that I think is much better than anyone anticipated going into the pandemic, where we actually kind of shut everything down and then gradually reopen things, and the economy really bounced back. Inflation is—part um, of it is caused by the supply chain. Part of it is caused by the labor shortage— um, when it comes to gas, you know, the, the, the pipeline, I, I don't necessarily agree that that's a huge factor, but it might, but, but I think the two big factors, when you're talking about inflation overall, um, you know, you've, you've got, uh, again, you've got the labor shortage, you've got supply chain issues, but you also have, and any economist I think would back this up and say, you've also got the issue of the economy is, has expanded so rapidly as it has bounced back because of the elasticity that it has proven to have, that um, it's grown too quickly, and that is what causes inflation. That is one of the root causes of inflation. Now, 
Um, so it's not, in other words, you know, some people point to inflation and say, oh, the economy, the economy is so bad. No, the economy is great, but the economy is too good in some ways. And the administration is pretty limited, I would argue. Uh, I don't agree. You know, I, uh, this is something Jenny and I absolutely disagree on, and, and, uh, and I disagree with others of you on this as well, that um, I disagree that that is Biden's fault, that that is the administration's fault. Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. The Just Because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required. Um, there's not much that the administration can do about that. The Fed tries to manage that, the Federal Reserve, in terms of adjusting interest rates to try to cool down an economy that is overheating. Uh, there, that's it, really, in terms of tools to deal with inflation. And I think that everyone has done the best they can, but, you know, we're in a very unique situation with a once-in-a-lifetime pandemic where we had to deliberately shut down the economy and then, you know, sort of this gradual reopening of it and then um, dealing with all of the consequences of that. But I think that getting back to the messaging part, this administration has done a very poor job and Biden did a very poor job in terms of messaging on the economy because what they should be saying is, in my opinion, and I think he just can't articulate it, and I wish that he could, but the overall economic indicators are very positive, and the economy is doing very well. That causes inflation, but I think the reason, I think that there is some intimidation. Perhaps the president is afraid to wade into that because then it gets very tricky when you're trying to, you know, because the second, like here, so he tries to say, he tried it, right? He tried to make the point that wage inflation is occurring at the same time as price inflation. In other words, the cost of everything has gone up, but wages have also gone up. So, you know, he kind of tries to put across there. He tried it, but he just, he's not effective at it. He tried to put across that, look, yes, everything's getting more expensive, but a lot of people are making more money. So it kind of evens out. Now, it doesn't really even out. And as this article points out, uh, the uh, inflation in terms of the cost of goods has actually risen faster than the uh, wages, than wages, the wage inflation that's occurred. So, the wage inflation helps, but it doesn't help entirely. But when you get into that, I don't think he can articulate that 
effectively. I mean, I think I can articulate these things somewhat well, but even I don't think I'm doing really that good of a job of doing it. Uh, I certainly don't expect President Biden, who really struggles at times to articulate, and there may be reasons for that. And I try really hard not to be ageist, but sometimes I just think that I think I think Joe Biden 10 years ago or even five years ago would be able to articulate these things much more clearly than he can now. I don't think 79 year old Joe Biden quite has the ability to articulate and communicate you know, some fairly complex concepts. And I think that that is part of why this administration is so bad at messaging. They should be screaming from the rooftops. The economy's great. The economy's booming. There are some bad side effects like inflation, but look at the bigger picture. Look at it in the macro. Look at it in a broader sense. We're actually doing really well. We just have some bumps along the way that we have to get over. But they can't seem to figure out how to do that. And when the president attempted to do that using this specifically as an example, he blew it. He blew it. Um, I spent more time on that particular bullet point than I intended to, but we'll move on to the next one. On the topic of Russia potentially sending troops into Ukraine— Biden wrongly suggested that, quote, it hasn't happened since World War II that a nuclear power invaded another country. That's false. Russia invaded Ukraine as recently as 2014. Um, Biden may have meant that. I think this was just an instance of him misspeaking. Obviously, he knows that Russia invaded Ukraine and took Crimea uh, in 2014 he knows that i think he just i think he misspoke there and was a little bit sloppy and meant that uh it hasn't happened since world war ii where uh, another nuclear power has done that uh not not counting uh russia's incursion into ukraine and taking crimea so i'm going to give him that one however <laughs> so i'm not i'm, I'm going to give him a pass on that however what i will not give him a pass on is and this reminds me of the other thing that that I noticed. Well, two things. Two things he said when discussing Russia and Ukraine that jumped out at me, and and this has been part of the cleanup. They've had to clean this up. Um, uh, Ukraine wasn't happy with some of this. Our NATO allies weren't happy with some of this. Macron of France is really kind of unhappy with this whole policy, apparently, but. So two things. One was he seemed to suggest that a minor incursion, quote unquote, whatever that means, uh, what would you, I don't even know what minor would be considered, um, just kind of creeping a little bit further into Ukraine, maybe taking another city smaller than Crimea. I don't know. I don't know what he meant by minor incursion exactly. But he seemed to suggest that a minor incursion into Ukraine might not require as vociferous of a response from us and our NATO allies as would um, a full-on invasion. He seemed to suggest that. And it was one of those things where I he said it and I thought, did he mean to say that? <laughs> Um, I wouldn't have said that. I uh, Did he mean that? The other thing, though, 
that he uh, that he said, and this 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 part seemed to go unnoticed at first. People were everybody was focused on on the other thing about uh, a minor incursion, but then I noticed people started talking about this other thing that he said, which was he sort of casually <laughs> indicated that that he thinks. Uh, how did he put it exactly? My guess is that Russia is going to invade or my guess is Putin is going in or something. He just sort of threw that out there and it's like, well, that's not, not helpful. (laughs) I mean, um, if anything, if anything, wouldn't you want to say kind of the opposite and say, my sense of it is that they're not going to act because they under, or they're not going to invade because they understand what the consequences will be. And we've been very clear about what the consequences are. Now, maybe we can negotiate on some other things, but this notion of, and by the way, this part he was clear on, uh, that of course it's a non-starter, this idea that Putin has that we're going to commit to never bringing Ukraine officially into NATO. You know, that's absurd. We cannot allow the Russians to dictate who is and who is not allowed to be in NATO. That's crazy. And Putin knows that, obviously. So, you know, you negotiate down from there, I assume, is Putin's strategy. But, um, you know, but but uh, but for Biden to just say, my guess is they're going in. It's like, no, I, I would I would present it as um, we certainly hope that they don't go in. We're, we're very concerned that they might that they're going to. But uh, but we're also confident that we can get them to understand the consequences of doing such. And so they will ultimately not do so. Um, so that was uh, that was the Ukraine bit. Uh, next bullet point. Biden said that, quote, we just made surprise medical bills illegal in this country, unquote. But he needs to share credit with the previous administration. The bipartisan law was enacted in December of 2020 and took effect this year. Yes, absolutely. Uh, if you're a longtime listener of the show, you know uh, of my uh, criticism uh, for our former president, Donald Trump. I was not a fan. I am not a fan of him or his presidency. However, um, you know, when he got something right, he got something right. And uh, the previous administration does deserve uh, some of the credit for that. And that was a bipartisan law enacted. And, you know, the idea being so that, you know, you you don't get these surprise medical bills that you weren't expecting because— our medical system is so complex and, and sometimes, you know, you might be, uh, there's some, some horrendous things that can happen. Like you, you know, maybe you, uh, you go to the hospital for something and the hospital is quote, you know, what they call in network with your insurance. So your hospital visit, your trip to the emergency room should be fully covered. But at some point they have somebody, a specialist or someone come into the room that you're in in the emergency room and they aren't in network. So next thing you know, you're getting a bill from their office and you're like, what is this about? You know, that kind of thing. I mean, you know, I've seen with Jenny, all kinds of, of wild stuff that happens with billing. And, um, so it, it's a, a very positive development, uh, to see, uh, to see something being, uh, done about that. Not that it's not still going to go on, of course, but, uh, the final uh, main bullet point here, Biden said child poverty had dropped by nearly 40 percent, citing an estimate due to an increase in the child tax credit. 
but that increase in the tax credit expired in December. Yeah, and that, the child tax credit, that is, um, that was supposed to be addressed in the Build Back Better bill, but that's not happening. <laughs> um, and speaking of, the, of Build Back Better, and then we'll, we'll get into, there's a little bit more to this uh, analysis here that I want to look at a, a little more closely. Um, well, here, let's jump right down to it. Child poverty. This is actually at the end of uh, at the end of this list here, this deeper analysis. But this was the last thing we were talking about. So let's do this first. Uh, again, this is from factcheck.org, which is a great site. Uh, Biden boasted of a large drop in child poverty due to an increase in the child tax credit, but that increase expired in December, and so far Democrats have not been able to extend it. The American Rescue Plan, which Biden signed into law in March increased the child tax credit from 2000 to 3600 per child for working families with children under 6 years old and from 2000 to 3000 per child for those with kids under si- I'm sorry those with kids over 6 and extended the age limit from 16 to 17 the new version of the credit also made the full benefit available to families with low incomes and it was paid in monthly installments of 300 or 250 dollars per child from July to December of 2021. Although Biden's intentions are to extend the tax credit for 2022 as part of the Build Back Better plan, it expired last year. The child tax credit was expected to significantly reduce child poverty by increasing families' income. Uh, Before the expansion took effort, experts estimated, estimated it could potentially reduce child poverty by around 40%, which is the figure Biden cited, if all children eligible received it. Some economists disagreed, saying child poverty would only fall by 22%, as reported by the Washington Post. So it goes on from there. It gets into some numbers. But um, but the larger point is, you know, Biden wants to uh, boast about that, and that's that's fine, except it's gone. <laughs> And I don't know how it's going to come back. I don't know how it's going to come back. Um, you know, because, the, the, you know, the Democratic Party, as it currently stands, can't get anything through the Senate. Uh, Crystal is in the chat room and says, um, oh, this is regarding uh, Biden's comments about not since World War II had another uh, had a nuclear power invaded another power. Uh, Crystal shared this. Uh, Spain sent warships to the Baltic Sea. Denmark sent a uh, frigate. I'm never sure how to pronounce that. I've heard it pronounced it a couple different ways. Is it frigate? I, I've heard people pronounce it frigate, but that always sounds weird to me. It's like I'm like I'm saying, you know, f it, but without the uh, without you know, but I'm saying it the clean way. Oh, frigate. <laughs> uh, Denmark sent a frigate to ward off Russian aggression into the Ukraine. France and other nations are sending troops to Romania, et cetera. Biden is dropping the ball on the world stage with his uh, confuzzled messaging. Yeah. Like I said, our NATO allies are, uh, we're not happy with that, having to, uh, that particular bit of cleanup that the White House had to do. And Tony Blinken had to make it clear, you know, that uh, we will not accept any kind of an incursion and there's the, there's really no such thing as a minor incursion when you're invading another country. It's uh, 
you know, we don't have to uh, downplay it or, uh, you know, try to sort of uh, uh, rationalize it as not an invasion, which is what it really is. Now, so let's go back to the in-depth part of some of these bullet points that Biden was talking about. So the first one was COVID-19 vaccinations. Now, by the way, when we talk about Biden and when we talk about this presidency, that is the thing that I give the president the most credit for. You know, I there are things uh, there are things that I give uh, Biden great credit for. Uh, there are also some criticisms that I have of, of this president, like the Afghanistan withdrawal, which I think was disastrous, for example. And there's also some things that other people uh, on the show and in the audience will criticize him for where I defend him because I, you know, like on inflation, I personally don't agree um, that that is in any way his fault. But uh, but let's look at this. This is the thing. This, I would say, from my point of view, is the greatest success of the Biden administration is the rollout of COVID-19 vaccinations. And by the way, some will say, some Biden detractors will say, well, is it really a success when we're still dealing with this pandemic and we still don't have uh, so many people vaccinated, to which I would say, I don't think the president realized, <laughs> just because I certainly did not, just how many anti-vaxxers there are in this country. And that's why I often refer to this as the United States of anti-science. I didn't know. I didn't know it was that bad. I didn't know how many conspiracy theorists there really are. I didn't know any of that. So, um, you know, in order to be truly successful, you have to have some buy-in here from the American public. We have to have more people wanting to participate in uh, in in solving this problem. So, you know, there's only, again, there's only so much this administration can do. But it says here, in touting his administration's progress on vaccinating Americans against COVID-19, Biden exaggerated one figure, and we talked about that earlier, and framed some of the data in a way that could make it appear that he has made more headway on vaccinating the unvaccinated than he actually has. So here, let's let's look at the, the text of what he actually said. Quote, 75% of adults are fully vaccinated. That can't be right. Um, we've gone, for, uh, the number I keep hearing is 62. Where is he getting 75 75% of adults are fully vaccinated. We've gone from 90 million adults with no shots in arms last summer down to 35 million with no shots as of today. And we're adding about 9 million more vaccinations each week, unquote. Okay, so I want to look into that more because that 75, that that my my BS meter just redlined. Um, was that in the second hour that I missed that he said that? Because I don't even remember hearing that. I don't remember hearing him say that, but apparently he did. So according to figures from the CDC, as of January 19, 73.6 of adults were fully vaccinated, a bit less than Biden claimed. Um, oh, I get it. I get it. Okay, here's, I was confused. I was confused. This is on me. So while well, 75 and 73.6, I'm not going to eat his lunch over that. That's pretty close. He's rounding up a little bit, but... um. But that's of adults. So the figure is 63% for the total U.S. population. That's the number that I was thinking about. I said 62. It's actually 63. Okay, so that's that's where I was confused. That's, that's my bad. Uh, the number of unvaccinated adults is now down to about 33 million, assuming a total adult population of 258.3 million. According to agency statistics, but the real number is likely higher. 
Um, indeed, following reports questioning the accuracy of the agency's numbers, the CDC has acknowledged that it may overestimate the number of first doses because of limitations in how the data is collected and reported to the agency. Okay, I don't want to get bogged down in all of that, but um, I'm going to skip down. Biden followed up his mention of the declining number of unvaccinated adults by stating that there are, quote, about 9 million more vaccinations each week, unquote. This number doesn't quite hit the mark. The most recent seven-day moving average suggests the nation has been administering approximately 7 to 8 million new doses a week. That's since the end of December. But more problematic, it could leave the impression that all or most of these new vaccinations are chipping away at the unvaccinated population or adding to the ranks of the fully vaccinated. In fact, CDC data indicate that more than half of these new vaccinations are booster doses. By the way, I'm glad people are getting boosted, just, you know, just to be clear. So that's, that's you know, either I'd, I'd, I'd prefer we get more people fully vaccinated. But if you, you know, as you may know, if you're a, a, a regular listener of the show, I've also just kind of given up on trying to convince anti-vaxxers. Um, in the last few weeks, only around 300,000 doses on average per day have been given to the completely vaccinated, including children, and only around 150,000 new people per day are becoming fully vaccinated. Since the beginning of June, new first vaccinations have hovered around 200,000 to 500,000 per day. Meanwhile, the average number of boosters per day has been at least half a million and sometimes more than half a million. Oh, sometimes more than a million, rather, since Halloween. While boosters are important, especially for the most vulnerable, many experts say the bigger priority should be reaching those who have not been fully vaccinated. Full vaccination, even without a booster, remains largely protective against severe COVID-19, which is the primary goal of vaccinations. Biden's figures are accurate or close to accurate, but a sizable chunk of the U.S. remains unvaccinated, and progress on vaccinating them has mostly stalled both for adults and children, unquote. Um, so, like I say, to me... That is the biggest success of the Biden administration uh, is uh, the vaccination rollout. Uh, Crystal in the chat room says no such thing as a minor incursion. It's not like Russia is visiting the Ukraine for a picnic, tea party or a field trip. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, There's a section here about lead pipes. I'm going to skip that. It's already almost the top of the hour. Let's skip down to wages. I want to look at this uh, more closely and see if what I was saying earlier Uh, matches what they're saying here. Um, The president had a point in saying that the bottom 40% of wage earners, quote, saw their income go up the most, unquote. By the way, I do believe that. It's easy to believe because you look around, you know, depending on where you are in the country, obviously everywhere it's going to be a little bit different. But around here, you know, there's uh, places hiring everywhere and it is not unusual. It is not an unusual sight to see businesses with signs up that say starting at $15 per hour. So I guess we never needed the fight for 15 music, uh, fight for 15 movement rather. Uh, That problem has solved itself. But um, so it says here, wage growth for the bottom 40% actually outpaced inflation between the second and third quarter of 2021. Okay, well, that's good. At one point, wage growth was outpacing inflation. But other income groups' wages did not rise faster than inflation and overall inflation and overall weekly wages for production and non-supervisory workers declined 
by 2.2% once adjusted for inflation over Biden's first 11 months in office. So, as one would expect, it it depends on where you fall here. You know, for some people, uh, inflation, uh, which is the worst it's been in, in several decades, it's, it's horrific. But I'm not trying to downplay that when I say that. I'm just, like I said, I just don't blame Biden. Um, I don't really blame anybody. It's the circumstances that we're in when we're dealing with a once-in-a-lifetime pandemic and the the, the terrible uh, disruption that it causes. But, um, you know, depending on what your work situation is, you you might be uh, really feeling the effects of the inflation, or you may not. If you're in a position where your wages have gone up more than inflation has gone up, then you're golden. If, if your wages have not gone up or they've actually uh, not kept pace with the rate of inflation even close to that, then, you know, you're really feeling the pinch. Oh, like, like in my case, like, I don't remember what, like, I've, at my current job at Plank Horse, I think I started at $9 an hour, and with hard work, I'm only up, up to 12 in a year and a half. Excellent, excellent. Oh, very good. Well, that's that's a great example of wage inflation, but you did it with hard work. Yes. Yes. No, that's excellent, Mikey. Good for you. Um... Let's see. In October, Goldman Sachs called the pay increase for low-wage workers eye-popping, CNN reported. But Biden's claim that this raise for lower-wage workers occurred, quote, for the first time in a long time, is contradicted uh, by a bar graph created by Harvard economist Jason Furman, who was chair of President Barack Obama's Council of Economic Advisors. In December, Furman showed how real inflation-adjusted wages outpaced inflation uh, by more from November 2017 to 2019 for the lowest quartile of wage earners compared with November 2019 to November 2021, as the Washington Post fact, fact checker pointed out. As we've written before, claims about wage growth depend on which measure one uses and what time period. Overall, During Biden's first 11 months in office, inflation-adjusted average weekly earnings for production and non-supervisor workers who make up 82% of all employees in the private sector dropped 2.2%. All right, let's look at... This will be the last one, and then we got to hit the break, and I want to get to Eric Pilcher's film review. Invasions by nuclear powers... And again, this goes to what Crystal was posting in the chat room. Toward the end of the press conference, while answering a question about a potential NATO-Russia confrontation, if Russian President Vladimir Putin sends military forces into Ukraine, Biden wrongly suggested that it had been several decades since a nuclear power had invaded another country. Biden said, quote, of course, you have to be concerned when you have, you know, a nuclear power invade. This has, if he invades, it hasn't happened since World War II. This will be the most consequential thing that's happened in the world in terms of war and peace since World War II, unquote. Actually, it would be the most, um, I mean, to have a land war, like what will happen if Putin invades in Europe, that, I mean, that that will be the largest uh, land war since World War II, I believe, in Europe. Um, Okay, so, but getting back to Biden's comment here. So, 
It says, we asked the White House for clarification, but we did not receive a response. However, nuclear powers have invaded other countries since the World War ended in 1945. Um, In fact, and then it goes on to cite when uh, Russia took Crimea from Ukraine. As another example, the U.S. and the U.K., two other nuclear powers were part of a multinational alliance that invaded Iraq during Operation Iraqi Freedom in 2003. Well, that's a good point. <laughs> Forgot about that one. I guess when it's us, it's easy to forget, but that that is true. Um, the just because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required. Hi, I'm Frank. I don't like change. And I just saw a billboard for this new BJ's Wholesale Club talking about up to 25% off grocery store prices. Oh, really? What's wrong with paying full price, huh? No, sir. I would not join BJ's Wholesale Club. Let's agree to disagree, Frank. Say you do want to sign up to get a $40 digital BJ's gift card. Join the new BJ's Wholesale Club, opening soon in New Albany. Visit BJ's.com slash New Albany or the BJ's Membership Center on North Hamilton Road. Limited time offer, new members only. It goes on here. It is true that no nation has used a nuclear weapon in warfare since the U.S. bombed Hiroshima and Nagasaki during World War II more than 75 years ago, if that was the point the president was trying to make. Oh, I don't think that was that. Now, now they're giving him a little too much of the benefit of the doubt. I do not believe that is the point that Biden was trying to make. I think the point now, the point that I do think Biden was trying to make is certainly valid. Uh, this would be a very big deal. Um, but uh, but I don't think he was uh, trying to make the point that they're speculating he might have been. Um, among other requests, Russia wants assurances that Ukraine will never be allowed to join NATO which of course is a non-starter, which was established in 1945 by the U.S., Canada, and several Western European nations, there's 30 of them now, uh, to defend against the former Soviet Union. NATO currently has 30 member countries. Russian officials have reportedly hinted recently that Russia may relocate some of its nuclear arsenal to within striking distance of the U.S. as part of an effort to deter a Western military expansion into Ukraine. Now, that last part is a surprise to me. I did not know that, um, but I also did not know. I just assumed that Russia already had, that Russia still had nuclear weapons stationed where they can reach the United States, ICBMs that can reach us. Now, if I've been wrong about that all this time, that's great. I don't like the idea. That, as Dick Cheney once said, I don't like the idea that the Russians can theoretically incinerate much of our country in less time than it takes to have a pizza delivered. Uh, If that is no longer the case, then I missed something, and I'm glad to know that. But I, I thought the nuclear threat was still active, just we're not, you know, since the end of the, since the alleged end of the Cold War, we're just not as concerned about it. That's what I thought. Um, Tom Blanchard joins us in the Facebook live chat. Hello, Tom. Tom says, uh, 
don't the companies need to make up for the higher wages so they raise prices on their product? That's that is true, Tom. That is absolutely true. Um let's hit this last piece here, the surprise medical billing, and then we will uh, go to Eric's film review. Uh, it says here, ticking off the accomplishments of his first year in office, Biden said that, quote, we just made surprise medical bills illegal in this country, unquote. Although the Biden administration drew up the regulations to implement the law, the No Surprises Act was a bipartisan effort co-sponsored by Republican Senator Bill Cassidy of uh, Louisiana and Democratic Senator Maggie Hassan, our very own from right here in New Hampshire, and was signed into law by then-President Donald Trump as part of a government funding bill in December 2020. Here's what Biden actually said. And we just made surprise medical bills illegal in this country. You know, those bills you get that you don't expect. Up to $2,000 to $5,000 from a hospital beyond what you thought you were going to have to owe because of the consultation you weren't told was going to cost that much. No more. They're now illegal. That was Biden's actual quote. So according to uh, factcheck.org, the law eliminates out-of-network doctors or hospitals from sending a patient and extra often unexpected bill. That, that, by the way, I think is almost exactly what happened to Jenny one time, and she talked about it on the show. Um, so the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services explains this, quote, Before the No Surprises Act, if you had health insurance and received care from an out-of-network provider or an out-of-network facility, even unknowingly, your health plan may not have covered the entire out-of-network cost. This could have could have left you with higher costs than if you got care from an in-network provider or facility. In addition to any out-of-network cost sharing you might have owed, the out-of-network provider or facility could bill you for the difference between the bill charged and the amount your health plan paid unless banned by state law. This is called balance billing. An unexpected balance bill from an out-of-network provider is also called a surprise medical bill, unquote. According to the New York Times, these so-called surprise medical bills cost consumers billions of dollars every year. Although the law was passed in December 2020, it left regulators to, quote, figure out exactly how to make the law work, unquote, the New York Times reported. So it fell on the Biden administration to hash out the rules to implement the law, which went into effect on January 1 of this year. Nonetheless, when Biden says we ended surprise medical billing, credit goes to members of both parties, as well as both the Trump and Biden administrations. All right. Very good. So wanted to uh, do that and share and use that as a mechanism too to share some of my thoughts on Biden's uh, speech. Uh, do you have anything on that, Mikey, you wanted to, to say? Nope. Did you uh did you watch the speech? I I did not to be to be honest. Ah, it was uh it was tough. I was uh it was a real uh a test of my stamina. And I and I failed because I only uh we watched uh the first hour live on the show and then I was like, "All right, we're going to move on in the second hour cuz I'm uh I'm falling asleep." <laughs> I get why they call him uh, Sleepy Joe. All right. We will uh, now go to Eric Pilcher's classic film review. After this, we're going to uh, show some love to our sponsors, and then we will be back with uh, the remainder of our program today. But here it is, Eric Pilcher, back 
from his uh, COVID, and he has reviewed the film Apocalypse Now. And uh, this is really good. I really enjoy these reviews. Uh, Eric does a phenomenal job. Let's have a listen. Saigon. I'm still only in Saigon. Every time I think I'm going to wake up back in the jungle. When I was home after my first tour, it was worse. I'd wake up and there'd be nothing. I hardly said a word to my wife until I said yes to a divorce. When I was here, I wanted to be there. When I was there, all I could think of was getting back into the jungle. I'm here a week now. Waiting for a mission. Getting softer. Every minute I stay in this room, I get weaker. And every minute Charlie squats in the bush, he gets stronger. Each time I looked around, the walls moved in a little tighter. This haunting dialogue by Lieutenant Willard, who is played by Martin Sheen, is the introduction into Francis Ford Coppola's Apocalypse Now. Last time, we discussed the epic, problematic production that went into this film. Now we find out if the unbridled chaos brought forth a beautiful flame. These words are quite striking and haunting when one simply just views the film. But when one knows of the issues that went into it, these words are symbolic and act as a disclaimer to this film. Then one can be drawn into it. Francis Ford Coppola does a beautiful job of displaying this frenzied, crazed production throughout this film. We see the despair of fighting in the Vietnam War, the fact that many soldiers fell into a dark psychological abyss. They question the why and feel torn to carry out orders. It is almost as if Coppola had these same questions and emotions while filming. No character in this film exemplifies this more than Lieutenant William Kilgore. Kilgore is portrayed by Robert Duvall, and despite minimal screen time, he garnered an Academy Award nomination for Best Supporting Actor, and in my opinion, he should have won for this performance. The surf-crazy, bloodthirsty general is what many perceive commanding officers to have been in Vietnam. These two scenes show the madness of Kilgore, how he is destroying a village so him and his troops can surf safely. And then the second scene includes Duval's most memorable line regarding napalming the village for the safety of surfing. Wow, it's really exciting, man. No, no, the wave! The wave! Oh, right. 
And now, our second clip. Nothing else in the world smells like that. 
I love the smell of napalm in the morning. You know, one time we had a hail bomb, for 12 hours, when it was all over, I walked up. We didn't find one of them, not one stinking dink body. Smell, you know, that gasoline smell, the whole hill. Smells like victory. As if encountering Kilgore did not serve as a great example of the madness, borderline psychosis, and lack of restraint the soldiers in this film have, then the rest of the journey does just that. As Willard and the men on the boat journey to Kurtz's camp, they descend into madness. One by one, men are lost, but their sanity leaves them before they take their last breath. This is what makes the film exceptional. We are not viewers. We become a part of this journey. You become entrenched with these men and feel yourself getting detached from reality, much like they do. That is what makes this film magical. The insanity reaches a simmering climax when Willard finally encounters Kurtz. Despite the previously mentioned issues with Marlon Brando, he delivers a haunting, sympathetic performance. In this next clip, we hear about his views on the war and why he has become this madman in the I've jungles horror. of Cambodia. Horrors that you've seen. But you have no right to call me a murderer. You have a right to kill me. You have a right to do that but you have no right to judge me it's impossible through words to describe what is necessary to those who do not know what horror means Horror. Horror has a face. And you must make a friend of horror. Horror and moral terror are your friends. If they are not, then they are enemies to be feared. They are truly enemies. I remember when I was with special forces. It seems a thousand centuries ago. We went into a camp to inoculate. Some children. We left the camp after we had inoculated the children for polio. And this old man came running after us, and he was crying. He couldn't see. We went back there, and they had come and hacked off every inoculated arm. There they were in a pile, pile of little arms. And I remember, I, I... I cried, I wept like 
some grandmother. I wanted to tear my teeth out. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I want to remember it. I never want to forget it. I never want to forget. And then I realized, like I was shot, like I was shot with a diamond, a diamond bullet right through my forehead. And I thought, my God, the genius of that, the genius, the will to do that. Perfect, genuine, complete, crystalline, pure. And then I realized they were stronger than me because they could stand up. These were not monsters. These were men, trained cadres. These men who fought with their hearts, who have families, who have children, who are filled with love. But they had the strength, the strength. If I had ten divisions of those men, then our troubles here would be over very quickly. You have to have men who are moral and at the same time who are able to utilize their primordial instincts to kill without feeling, without passion, without judgment, without judgment, because it's judgment that defeats us. So the final question has to be, was it worth it? Was Coppola liquidating assets to complete the film and begging for loans at every turn, not to mention every other issue previously discussed, was it all worth it in the end? Apocalypse Now opened on August 15th, 1979 and grossed $322,489 in its first five days. Its final gross was over $40 million in the States and over $100 million worldwide. It won the Cannes Film Festival Palme d'Or, which is their award for best film. It was nominated for eight Academy Awards, including Best Picture and Best Director. It won for Cinematography and Sound Editing. Finally, one would be shocked to not see it in any highly regarded all-time top films list. Sadly, this was the end of Coppola's Golden Touch. Following this film, he made a string of acclaimed but financially disappointing films. This led to his studio incurring massive debts, and to pay off said debts, he had to sign a cash grab deal with Paramount Pictures to make the much maligned and criticized Godfather Part Three in 1990 after his studio declared bankruptcy. During this film reviewer's apocalypse, I unfortunately could not come up with a definitive answer on if it was worth it in the end. That is only a question that Coppola himself could answer. What I can say is this film is the greatest war film 
and a staple of American cinema. Any fan of film needs to have this on a must-watch list. It takes you through the entire scope of emotions and thoughts. You may not even be able to draw your own conclusion after one viewing, but at least you would have experienced it. Before I sign off, I would like to thank everyone for their well wishes, thoughts, and if you were so inclined, prayers while I battled COVID-19. I really, truly do appreciate it from the bottom of my heart, and I do thank you. For Matt Connerton Unleashed, this has been a classic film review with Eric Pilcher. Lost in a romance, Welcome back. We are uh, cruising into our last uh, 30 or so minutes on today's Matt Connerton Unleashed, and we are live from the studios of WMNH 95.3 FM in glorious downtown Manchester, New Hampshire. It is cold, but glorious. Also on Comcast 97 if you're in Manchester, and of course you can go to my website, mattconnerton.com, for all of your live streaming options across the nation and around the globe Social media links, contact info, show archives, et cetera, et cetera. It is all there for you at mattconnerton.com. Today is Friday, January 21, 2022. Texas Mike is uh, is here at the news desk. Yep. Yep. Give us a yeah. Come on. Yeehaw. There we go. There we go. Yes, yes, yes. Um, of course, uh, if you're just joining us, if you don't know, I'm sure everyone knows by now, but uh, Meatloaf uh, passed away. Uh, so that's why I was playing his rendition of the Star Spangled Banner uh, from a game at uh, back in 1994. So he was still riding high at that point uh, on the success of Bat Out of Hell 2, Back Into Hell. Um, but uh, Meatloaf passed away, and we also lost uh, comedian Louis Anderson. Uh, so very, uh, it's a sad day. But uh, we've got a little bit of time left on today's show. If you'd like to join us, 603-250-6007, 603-250-6007. You can also text us at 617-917-4476. Tweet me at Matt Connerton or send an email to Matt at mattconnerton.com. And, of course, you can interact and opine in the Facebook live chat. But the best thing to do, of course, is to give us a call at 603-250-6007. And I do want to remind you that we are very proudly sponsored by the Hop Knot on Elm in the Brady Sullivan. They're right across the street from us. I can wave, but there's a slight delay, so they won't see it. But uh, they have delicious gourmet pretzels. They have craft beer. They have wine. They have live music every Friday night. Thursday nights, they have trivia night hosted by the great Bill Cini. Uh, they've got the Gender Blender event coming up on February 5th. 
Uh, uh, Mikey, I know you are a frequent uh, purveyor of uh, the Hopknot. Yes, I am. Yes, yes. What do you like there? What do you usually get? Um, partial bites. Um, the um, partial bites. Um, the spin. Um, spin pretzel. Um, and usually a cocktail. Usually. Oh yes. What kind of a cocktail? What do you have in it? Just depends. Mm, yes. You ever uh, try the craft beer? I'm Frank, and I'm not a big fan of BJ's Wholesale Club's super low gas prices. I don't trust things that low. Started in 92. Big office Christmas party. Come on, join the limbo line. Now I see a chiropractor. So, no, BJ's. I don't want super low gas prices. Okay, then. But if you'd like super low gas prices and a $40 digital BJ's gift card, join the new BJ's Wholesale Club. Opening soon in New Albany. Visit BJ's.com slash New Albany or the BJ's Membership Center on North Hamilton Road. Limited time offer, new members only. When you bundle your renters and auto insurance with Progressive, you could save money. But it doesn't cover any terrible memories living rent-free in your head. Hey, just wanted to remind you of that time your kicker missed the extra point and lost the game. Even though he literally never missed an extra point, he chose this playoff game to miss. Yeah, I just noticed you hadn't thought about that in a bit. Wouldn't want you to miss, you know, thinking about it. Sorry, we can't save you from that memory, but we could save you money bundling your renters and auto insurance with Progressive. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Renters insurance and bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Okay, so yes, I do. Yes, yes. They are known for that, yes. Well, they are a wonderful place, the Hop Knot, Kenny and uh, family. We love them very much. And by the way, uh, they are wearing face masks over there at all times while they're open, just so you know, too. They do everything very safely there, and they take the pandemic seriously, which is another reason why we are so honored and proud to have them as a sponsor. So please uh, pay them a visit. Uh, 603-250-6007 is the number, 603 250 6007. Um, a couple different things we could uh, <clears throat> look at, but um, I did see this on Reuters. You know, we were talking a little bit earlier in the first hour. We talked about, uh, oh, uh, DJ Midas is in the chat and says, great show today. Oh, you know what? Before we get into this, too, I do want to remind people uh, this weekend is Midas's fifth anniversary here at WMNH and his great program, Late Night Delight which is every Saturday night from midnight to 4 a.m. with a replay on Sunday night. But, uh, yes, this weekend is five years of Midas here at WMNH. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? Hi, Matt. It's Gary. Hey, Gary. How you doing? Uh, first of all, meatloaf, rest in peace. Isn't it weird that we were talking about him yesterday? We were just talking about him yesterday. So strange. Yeah. Uh, yeah, big fan. Yeah, it was a, a shock to wake up to that to that news. Yeah, just, I, I I read it early this morning, and I went, "Oh, really? Wow." Yep. <clears throat> Louis Anderson, yeah, he was okay, but yeah, Meatloaf was a he was amazing. Yes, absolutely. Just a couple of things. I'm not political, mm-hmm. but you know, I always hear this stuff. We're, we're for our people in our districts. We're for our people. This is, you know, the senators and the congressmen and the congresswomen and, you know, women in the Senate. What you do, Had they ever been able uh, not to have a meal? Have they been ever not to have electricity in their homes or heat when they were younger or whatever? They're all like 100 years old. <laughs> They're making billions of dollars. 
they go to their they go to their nice luxury uh, homes with uh, you know the heating and the uh, what do you call it uh, you know their air conditioning and all that, mm-hmm. and they have uh, their uh, their cooks and their all their cleaning people and stuff like that. And I just saw online was uh, I was I was reading something at a friend's house. Um, they stopped the uh, the rent for all the people in New York, all these, all these, you know, these, all these people, they, they can't afford their rent and things like that. Cause rent sky high. I know my rent sky high, but they, they say, Oh yeah. Okay. Well we had this, you know, we had this program and it's like, okay, well we gave you a little, so what, you know, you voted for us. See you later. And it's like, you see these poor kids, these little ones, you know, my heart goes out to them. The only reason they go to school was that they can get a hot breakfast in the morning, a nice lunch before they go home and have whatever mom or dad can get, you know, at the store for them to, to eat, you know, and at least have a meal with their, you know, I got, I'm on SSDI. I got a raise in my SSDI. Thank you. But it's all gone to my you know, my utilities and it's gone to my food mm-hmm. and, you yeah. know, and I see everybody, Oh, we get a raise. Yeah. Everybody gets a raise, but everything else goes up mm-hmm. and my heart just goes out to these poor families. You know, yeah. I remember our, we were brought up poor. We didn't have a lot, you know, food on the table and things like that. We had, out, you know, went out and did things and get my 20 bucks from lawn mowing, give it to my mom so we could, we could eat. But you hear these guys and you see these senators and they come back into, you know, into their states and, oh, yeah, I feel for you. We're going to get this stuff done. I know. And then they go back and then they get their high rise apartments or whatever in D.C. And they're still slopping down the good meals and telling us, well, you better better hold back. You can't eat the steak and now you can't eat hamburg and now you can't eat chicken and. But they go to these barbecues and all this stuff, and they're filling their faces at these restaurants. And I feel your pain. I know you don't have the food. And then you look at these guys, and they're the same. They're the same as me. I'm 300, 350 pounds. And you look at them, and I don't think they missed a meal. Well, and you and you say to them, "Can you help out the children? Can you?" Oh yeah, we're full of the children. No, you're not. Yeah, I see all this stuff. I, you know. Chicago, uh, all these big cities, New York, uh, and they're always pushing California and everything like that. There's a lot of families out there. I'm dealing with the government right now to get some help, but it's little, and and it's like you you can't own anything. You can't have a, a little money to get yourself by, and then they'll give you something, and then they take it away the minute they find out that that you coughed wrong, you Mm -hmm. know, or – you got a you got a you got a soda bottle instead of a, a thing of milk, you know. And then the rest of these guys, it's always, oh yeah, yeah, we got this, we'll do this for you. But they're all they're all in their hundreds and nineties, and they have grandchildren and great grandchildren, but they're all cared for. Well, I like to see them to come into these small urban towns. I like to see them to spend a week in Baltimore. I have a friend that lives in Baltimore where. You can't go out at night because there's, it's just it's it's kind of crazy. Everybody's out there, you know, these gang related things. You go to New York. I like to see them go walk in the streets and stay in, not you know, out on Long Island and all that. Stay inside. Go to the Bronx, where these three houses got burnt down and these people all died in them. 
you know, and you got Cardi B or whatever her name is, the rapper. She's paying for all these people's uh, funerals. You know, what are they doing? Oh, oh well, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, my heart goes out to you. Well, go in there and check out. You want your infrastructure? Go and check out these buildings and these landlords that are, you know, probably part of your your people that are they're giving you millions of dollars for. And you just see it, and it's and it's terrible. So you know, like I said, I'm sorry. I'm on my I'm on my you know my soapbox today. And yeah. That yeah. when you said that about you know, well, we get a brace, and Biden said, well, yeah, okay, you know, yeah. You know, it's just everybody. It's not Democrats, not Republicans. It's everybody. They're all millionaires, and they really don't care. And when you try to ask them to do stuff, yeah, okay, you got, I got you signed up. I got you doing this. But uh, you never really see it, and it's heartbreaking for the, for the children growing up. So uh, there needs to be, in my view, and this is a, a radical idea, I, I guess, because I don't hear anyone else saying this. Um, there needs to be a radical shift in the political uh, consciousness in this country. People need to completely revamp the way that they think about politics in a couple of key ways. This is how I see it. Number one, everybody needs to stop being naive and get hip to the idea that the people that we elect do not work for us. They work for whoever they get their money from. They work for the the lobbyists, the special interest groups, the corporate donors. The you know that's that's who they serve. That's who they work for. And where the shift in consciousness needs to come into play, Gary, is we need in this country to stop uh, picking sides. You know, left, right, or whatever. But focus on these individuals who are running for office or who hold office and do a little bit of research on great. There's great websites like OpenSecrets.org, for example. There are some great, very easy to use online resources where you can go and you can find out where these candidates and where these senators and congressmen and presidents and whomever governors, where their donations come from, where does their money come from. And once you have that information, then you know who that individual represents. And it's not about party. It's not about ideology. It's not about anything. Once you know, and you can find out, but people don't want to take the time to do it. That's the one thing people, you know, people like to watch their cable news. They like to listen to political talk radio, which I'm grateful for. Yeah, but, I, mean, I agree with you but people don't, but they, people, they can go on and look at this stuff. Right. You know, I, because I really agree with you and find out, you know, who's paying who. Right, because once and, you, know you know that, they talk term limits and term limits, and then, well, term limits don't really aren't. aren't that's the, just uh, that's another thing. You know. Term limits won't won't solve it, but but you need to find out, and and the media needs to play a role in this too. You know, you, you find out who these people are actually working for. Where does the money come from? And and here's what the other and the other big shift that has to happen in terms of the political consciousness in this country is that people need to begin to want to hold their own accountable. Because one of the truly awful things, one of the truly insidious things about our two-party system, and there's a whole lot of them, one of them, there's a lot of reasons why I'm an independent, but one of the truly insidious things about our two-party system is we have a paradigm where people pick a side and that's how they choose their candidates and they don't want to hold their own accountable. Typically, Republicans only want to hold Democrats accountable and Democrats only want to hold 
Republicans accountable. Now, I, yep. as, I as a voter, when I support someone, you know, for example, President Biden, I voted for him. I'm very open about it. I can be. This is a political, it's, it's an opinion-based political talk show. It's So I don't have to be objective, which is nice. Yeah. Just, just, yeah. Like, just like any other political talk show. But I believe when when you support a candidate and when you vote for a candidate, I, as someone who voted for Biden, I should be the first to want to hold him accountable when I see things that I don't like. So, for example, when, yeah. he, when he began our uh, pullout of Afghanistan. I agreed with the policy of us getting out, but the way that it was done, in my view, was was horrendous. I should be the first, and I did it. I I can say with a clear conscience, I did it. I should be the first as someone who voted for him. I should be the first to stand up and say, this is wrong, this is not being done correctly, and I, because my vote, to me it's sacred, my vote, I voted for him, I should be the first to stand up and hold him accountable. But we live in a political culture where people, as long as it's their candidate, as long as it's who they supported, they will whistle past the graveyard on absolutely everything. They're only interested in holding those those bad guys on the other side of the aisle. I'm going to hold them accountable, but I'm not going to hold my own accountable. Nobody wants to hold oh, their no, own. Oh, no, no, yeah. And we need to shift in a way where people are willing to hold, quote unquote, their own people accountable. If I support you, I'm not just going to blindly support you in all that you do. I'm going to keep an eye on you. I'm going to keep an eye on what you're doing. And if I see things I like, great. I believe in positive reinforcement. But if I see things I don't like, I'm going to speak up and I'm going to say, I don't like this. So we we need a shift, Gary. We need a shift in political consciousness in this country. Yeah. And- oh, yeah. We we gotta <clears throat> we gotta hold everybody. It's like you know, you you go into school and you and you see these kids, and then this kid is oh, this kid is such a oh, he's such a pleasure to be with, and everything. And then he looks at the other kid. And the other kid comes in. The kid's smart, and then when it, the minute the kid makes something, oh, he was evil. He did this. He was being a child, you know. And yeah. the other kid was being so good at his, you know, at what we and we want him to do this, and that's what you see with everybody, you know. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, you 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 hire, you know, you you get somebody. You say, oh yeah, this is my, uh, you know, I'm a Republican. I got him, and, he's, and and Democrat, you're bad, and everything. And then he goes, well, oh my guy that I just voted for, look what he did, and I should, yeah, like you said, I should be able to go and say, hey. I voted for you. I voted for this because you said you were going to do this for me. What's the deal? Right. And same with other people. I agree with you, Maddie. Yes, wholeheartedly. And I'm not, by the way, I'm not saying that nobody does that. I mean, there are people who do that, but there's, but there aren't, but there aren't enough. And because we are so tribalistic with our politics and you're supposed to pick a team, you're supposed to pick a herd to run with and then just go along with whatever they want to do. And uh, and and so so many people fall into that that it becomes. I, I think of it this way. So imagine, imagine if you uh, worked for a company. Suppose you're in middle management. You've got people below you who answer to you who are in lower management, and then you've got upper management, the big bosses, and you're in middle management. Imagine what you could get away with as a middle manager. This goes back to the point you were making before about how these people they make all this money. Imagine if you're yep. you're in middle management. Imagine what you could get away with if you knew for a fact that the people in upper management 
who you have to answer to, if only roughly 50% of them would actually have any kind of a problem with any of your malfeasance, whether it be embezzling or abusing people in lower management or whatever, imagine what you could get away with if you knew for a fact only 50% of the people in upper management would have a problem with anything that you do, but the other 50% of people in upper management would actually protect you, would actually coddle you and shield you from having any, from having to face any consequence whatsoever for your malfeasance. Imagine what you could get away with. It's the same oh, yeah. thing with politics. Well, that's, yeah, that's like nepotism in businesses, you know, where I worked for a place where I, I was trying to get, uh, you know, a like a management position three times. I had the, uh, the education to do it. I, I had all the smarts to do it. I took tests for it. I went to three, you know, you get your three meetings with them to acknowledge it. And then out of the clear blue sky, I was like, Oh, sorry. No, we already, we already got the guy. Hey, have a good. And I went through the whole process and I went, all right, well, who'd you, you know, I found out they hire my boss's son. Oh, and I went, you know how, you know how that crushes you Yeah. because you know, the job you did, the, you did the job and you function and you did went through every, whatever they wanted you know, you to yeah. do. And you, you were like, yeah, I was like kind of middle management and I had my people below me and, but up above me. Oh yeah. And my boss is like, oh yeah, Gary, I'm, and then all of a sudden, Bang! His son gets that job, and I'm like, man, what, what's going on? And then the guy doesn't know how to do the job, and then he comes to me, uh, Gary, how do you do this? Uh, can you help me with doing that? And me being the stupid guy, so yeah, I'll give you a hand. I, I, I hold no ill. Well, I'll give you a hand. But you're and that but, was always me. But you're protecting you your. Know? But you're you're actually though you're protecting yourself by holding no ill will. It, it is the smart play. Oh, yeah, because he'll find something stupid I didn't. Go, right. Guess right. what Gary did. It's, it's the boss's kid. So yeah, you got to play the yeah. game. But yeah, that no yeah, that play the game a little. But that but, is yeah, uh, no. That was just my rant for when they're saying you know children. Oh yeah, the poverty rate is not no. You've got to look at the look at the poverty rate. You know, these mm -hmm. kids are, like I said, they go to, they go to school to make sure they get their warm breakfast on, you know, or, or a nice breakfast because they're early and they're doing some homework or something and they're getting along. It doesn't matter, you know, who you are, black, white, green, purple, avocado, you know, orange. They, uh, they all get together. They're sitting there having their breakfast and then, and then they got to go home. And then you see the, the, the the older kids are like, oh, I gotta go home. Well, I better make sure to have a good lunch before I go home because things are gonna be kind of, you know, scary at, at the house. We're gonna have a little, I know. And then you hear these you hear these guys, you know, saying, yeah, you know, they're, well, I'm, I'm, well, I, yeah, I've been there before. No, you haven't. You gotta <laughs> go in and see these people. Yeah. But like you said, we gotta hold the people that we elect. You know, their feet to the fire and say, get in here, do this. You want to you want to see this? Mm -hmm. Come to the places, come to the the cities, come into the real places, not just, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, the the richest guy's house to have a house party where it's, you know, a hundred dollar. Uh, you know, it's like a thousand dollars a plate or mm -hmm. whatever. Yep. Come and come and come and eat with the with the people 
that are having like a, they each having a little small side of beans and maybe a half a hot dog each. Come yep. eat with them yeah. and see how it feels. Yeah, you know? that's exactly. just my that's just my rant for the day. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, don't don't apologize. It's a good rant, Gary. It's a good rant. You're right. You know, it's it's I'm, and like I said, I'm not really political. I just I just see this, and I'm getting older. And as a as an elderly person, I'm trying to get stuff as an elderly person. And it's like elderly. Wow. I remember when I was young, and my mom, God bless their soul, God rest their soul. She, you know, she fought for us and went out there, and we got stuff and everything. And you scrapped, and I see these, you know, these, uh, you know, uh, parents, you know, these single parents, these single moms, these single dads, and they're out there scrapping around. And they're like, what do I do? What do they do? And my mom was the same way. We were six of us. She was ready to jump off the bridge one day when, you know, and then she, she said, well, we're, we're, what's going to happen to my kids? You know, my dad yeah. being an alcoholic, well, what's going to happen to my kids? And God rest her soul. She's an angel and a saint in heaven. She's the greatest mom in the world. And I know there's a lot of great moms out there taking care of their kids and dads. Yeah. You know, they're, they're fighting for them and that's it. You know, they, and that, that's just my thing, you know, yeah. fighting for the kids. Yeah. I don't care. You know, I, I get a little, that's all I need. And I, I just want to see those kids smile and mm -hmm. get that food in them and be happy. And, you know, that's, that's just me with children and everything. Well, that's a good thing. That's a good way to be. But yeah. Okay. No matter. You got to clean up and that's just my rant for the day. That's my political rant for the day. And oh, uh, that was excellent. That was excellent. All right, Gary. Was, uh, just something I had to get off my chest when I heard you were doing uh, all these things about, oh, yeah, everything's up. That's up. Yeah, mm -hmm. I got a raise. Yeah, but you know where my raise went? My raise went to my rent, yep. and it went to uh, my electricity, and now I have very, or I have a lot less to get uh, groceries, and groceries are up. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they are. I'm Absolutely. Gonna, I'm going to lose a lot of weight now. I guess that's a positive <laughs> well, way to look you gotta, at it. Huh? <laughs> there you go. Look on the bright side. <laughs> Always look on yeah, the bright side. Well, just to leave you with a happy note, yeah. that's my, you know, I'm going to lose a lot of weight. All right. So <laughs> well, I'll be shredding that. <laughs> All right, All right. You have a great weekend, Maddie. All right, my friend. You too. Uh, Texas Mike, love you, guy. Uh, you have a great weekend with your ladies. Okay. Oh, Treat he. kind. Oh, he will. And send Jenny my love. And I, <laughs> like I told her yesterday, I hope she does well on Monday when she goes to the doctors. Yes, yes. I'll be thinking of her. So. Absolutely. All but right. I love you guys. I love the show. I love you both. All right. We love you, Gary. And Thank if Peter's listening, I love you too, Peter. Oh, good. Yeah. So. All right. All right, my <laughs> All friend. Right. Take care. We'll talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, it was nice to hear from Gary. And, uh, if anyone wants to get in with a quick call, you can. We've only got a few minutes left, but 603-250-6007 is the number. 603-250-6007. By the way, I see some uh, nice comments in the chat room for uh, Eric Pilcher's classic film review. Uh, this week, Apocalypse Now. We do have a call. This will be the last one of the show today. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? Oh, Maddie. Oh, Maddie, 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 Maddie. This is Dirk, by the way. Oh, Maddie, Maddie, Maddie. <laughs> well, hello, it's Dirk. So, it's so great to be third party. It's wonderful. Yeah. Every election, every election I get crapped on mm -hmm. for throwing my vote away. 
I get crapped on by, you know, helping the bad guy win. I'm responsible for Trump winning in 2016. I went through I that. am responsible for Biden win, winning in 2020. But you know what, man? Every time something hits the fan, I get to roll up a doobie as I watch the news and say, I didn't vote the guy in. It's That's not my fault. Yeah. I, you know, I just voted for what I wanted. Yeah. Well, that, that's true. Yeah, I, I took a lot of that in uh, 2016. Uh, you know, I voted for uh, Gary Johnson, the Libertarian candidate, and and uh, oh yeah, so I, I so you know, Johnson too. so of course, you know, people blamed uh, me for Trump because me, my my single vote <laughs> caused Donald Trump to get elected. Uh, yeah. yeah. So every every election, I get to, to drink the tears of whoever loses, <laughs> and then I get to. Spend my time watching Tucker Carlson with his bewildered face or Rachel Maddow, you know, perpetuating the fear factory. You know, it's and then I, and if I really want entertainment, I, I could just watch watch Alex Jones as as you know, he, he provides entertainment. I love it, Maddie. I love it. Well, well, good. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> You sound like you love it so much. You've been have you been ordering some of the Alex Jones products? That uh, you sound like you're a little uh, amped up there. Well, I'm not stupid, Matt. I wouldn't do that. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, I heard they're very bad for I you. I wouldn't do that with my money. I need it for Warhammer models. <laughs> well, there you go. They're certainly not FDA approved, but I think that's one of the selling points. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Exactly, exactly. But you know, I'm just gonna I, I, I'm just gonna bask in in my happiness of uh, the fact that I vote for what I want. Yes. you know, it's gonna be great. Yes. But anyway, thank you for allowing me to to call in before your your week ends. Oh, of and, course. Uh, I'm glad you did. I haven't been able to haven't been able to catch your show until like four thirty central, like the half last half hour of it. So ah, uh, but uh, and I'm sorry for invading your show yesterday. Yeah, you uh, you hacked in. It was uh, it was freaky. It was. It was. It was remarkable. It had never happened before. That's right. But <laughs> yep. Uh, anyways, uh, you know, I guess I'll watch the Charles Richardson show tonight. Uh, Mikey, take good care of your girls. We do. Oh, he always does, don't you, Mikey? Yes. <laughs> Very good. All right, Dirk. Thank you for the call, my friend. Okay. Thanks. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye. All right, very good. That's our friend uh, Dirk Don from Iowa. Make sure you subscribe to his YouTube channels. He has Arrogant Media, and he has the newer Java Fog. Uh, Dirk uh, puts out a lot of great content. And he did mention, of course, the Charles Richardson Show. Uh, Tonight, uh, Jenny will be on, as she is now every Wednesday and Friday and sometimes Mondays on the Charles Richardson Show. She's one of the co-hosts on that. So that will be online tonight from 7 to 9 p.m., Eastern time. And you can actually watch it this time since you don't have to do Retrospectrum tonight. That is true, yes. Uh, tonight's Retrospectrum and uh, Granite State of Mind are replays this week. So, I, uh, yeah, I'm going to be, I, th- I think I'm, I'm going on a, a mission uh, this evening, actually, because i got to uh, do something for my dad, who is uh, uh, hopefully, it sounds like, getting out of the hospital on Tuesday. Um, you know, they discharged him from Mass General and they sent him to uh, the hospital in Portsmouth for rehab, uh, rehab his heart and, uh, everything's going on schedule. So he's hopefully he's, uh, he's going to get sprung 
All right. Uh, Mikey, thank you so much, my friend. You're welcome. Wonderful to see you. Uh, thank you uh, again to Dirk for calling and Gary for calling. Everybody in the Facebook live chat and, of course, Eric Pilcher for his review of Apocalypse Now. Uh, if you miss any part of today's show, it will be up in just a little bit at WMNHradio.org and at my website, MattConnerton.com. Going to leave you with uh, a little bit more meatloaf. Uh, this is a song called Blind Before I Stop from the album of the same name. I'm deliber- deliberately playing songs you haven't already heard a million times unless you're a diehard fan like me. And uh, that's it. We're going to get out of here. I'll talk to you all a little bit later. Bye, everybody. When you bundle your renters and auto insurance with Progressive, you could save money. But it doesn't cover any terrible memories living rent-free in your head. Hey, just wanted to remind you of that time your kicker missed the extra point and lost the game. Even though he literally never missed an extra point, he chose this playoff game to miss. Yeah, I just noticed you hadn't thought about that in a bit. Wouldn't want you to miss, you know, thinking about it. Sorry, we can't save you from that memory, but we could save you money bundling your renters and auto insurance with Progressive. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Renters insurance and bundle discount not available in all states or situations.